Hey guys, Coach Archimon here, and you're listening to episode 19 of the Houston Athletic Club podcast. Today we're going to be discussing auto-regulation strategies and how to best utilize these concepts in your training. But without further ado, let's get on with the episode. How's your training going, Mark? Pretty good. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm very happy where where I'm at right now with, uh, with the training. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, we were talking yesterday about it. It looked like you're up to speed, and you were even mentioning how you're up to speed even with the bench press. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like at seventy percent right now with my training for the week. And uh, before, you know, uh, most of you all know that I kind of got hurt, uh, and I had to like climb myself, actually start from scratch and progress up, and doing rehab and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, my bench was pretty good. Everything was solid. Everything felt great. It felt like I I could go more, but you know, it, it is what it is right now, but it's, it's kind of like a good feeling simply because I am at 70% with my bench and everything feels great. Uh, like, you know, when, when you get that feeling, you feel like, you know, let's go for more reps or a little bit more weight and whatnot, but it it's just you learn how to, I guess, be patient after a while and just take take the little wins. Yeah, I I don't know if you saw recently. There's a a bodybuilder that tore his pec. Yes, I saw that. I, I really don't like to see that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when it happened to me, uh, it wasn't that bad. No, that was, it looked like it just ripped clean off. <laughs> yes. And it was funny, man. It's a good thing he had some spotters because they held the weight So you up. saw the video? I did. I didn't see I, the video. I didn't I saw. see when the guy, I just saw him like pop out of the bench, like in pain. Mm-hmm. And the spotters actually were holding on to the weight still. But if, I don't see how he could have like, I think he would have injured himself a lot more if he was by himself when it happened. Uh, but that was a lot of weight for what he was trying to do. Was he just bottoming out and stuff like that? or No, you're talking about it was an incline? Well, I didn't see the okay, video. Okay, well, it's an incline bench, and uh, they were doing close to like, up, it's easily like four something, 480. Okay. But what happened is kind of like they didn't even like warm up to it. So they were like, you know, it's kind of when you start benching, you feel great and you add weight, you bench some more. And so I think it was like they were progressing pretty fine in the beginning. And once they got to like 400, 405, they made a big jump to 480, 485. And that's when it happened. And uh, yeah, he tore up his back like straight off. Clean, yeah, clean, that, uh, tore, clean tear. Yeah, I saw the pictures of it. it didn't look good. Yeah. He yeah. got it. He got it surgically repaired, though. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So that that's a long time. I mean, you know, for, for what he was doing, I don't think it was kind of... It, it happens, but, you know, you get too excited when you're doing like that, and, and you just never know stuff like that. That's why it's very important just to warm up to it. You know, he could have gone from 405 to, like, maybe... 435, 445, you know, and then 460 yeah. and, you know, small progression. But that was a big jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, 
just doing it in my head. It's like a twenty percent, yeah, jump yeah, right off yeah. of that. But I, I, I didn't see like the whole video because I, I saw when he was like bringing it down, and then he just like bolted out of the bench, like. So he didn't even get one rep in. It just. Oh no of, no! Uh, it was just on his way down, and it just happened. And uh, like, luckily there were some spotters there to yeah carry the load. Otherwise, it would have just fell on top of him and would have been worse but yeah i kind of cringe and uh turn away from the video (laughs) it's like you know but i haven't seen the whole video like 100 percent. but um simply because i and and mine wasn't even that painful either sure when it happened to me like the uh the judge still like i was at the bottom the bar was on my chest and it's like up <laughs> he wanted me you to know. raise it like well, let me try it it's like no nah, it feels like the muscles off the bone <laughs> but luckily it was not but yeah it was not obvious but it, it did it was painful i can just imagine how this felt yeah yeah it, you know and uh there's a few bodybuilders that have experienced that kind of thing uh, i know branch warren yeah he's like i he's popped his quads yeah. Uh, just like walking down the stairs. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And when you watch some of his old training videos, I mean, the dude's front squatting like four or five hundred yeah. pounds for reps. Yep. It's just it's crazy. Insane. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was funny because uh, I've, I've seen him on videos and a couple of like documentaries and stuff. Branch Warren. And uh, he at the moment, I think it was in uh, Generation Iron. He's he's on a horse, right? He's he's literally talking about that he's never gotten hurt in his life, you know, in the gym, and you know, he's always been fine and this and that, and as soon as he takes off, he goes and falls off his horse. <laughs> you know? But it didn't happen in the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, and then there was, um, there was that British lifter, right? I forget his name. He was doing, um, I think he was doing some hack squats or something, and he just pulled his quad out, right yeah. out. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the last we saw of him. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't recall him. Yeah, coming back. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. No, uh, no, but like I guess to the to the point of like you know torn muscles and stuff like that. Yeah, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the times you, you get a pull muscle and all that stuff outside the gym doing regular stuff. Uh, but everybody's like, oh, man, you're going crazy. You're going to pull something like, yeah, you can pull the muscle anytime. You know, it's like you mentioned, like he was just going down the stairs. And yeah. <laughs> it, it's just uh, I was kind of thinking about it. It's just kind of assessing your wrist. Yes. At the moment. Yeah. You know, it's everything's risky. Yes. You know, driving your car is risky. Yeah. Uh, and you can definitely mediate that level of risk doing the things, you know, as you were mentioning, like proper warm ups. you know, yeah. when I do a movement, I always just start with the bar yeah, and I just make sure everything feels good. You know, if, if something feels iffy, I try to adjust and analyze like right. what I can do to make it feel more appropriate. Yeah. And then like, you know, just slowly warm my way up. Yeah. And, and just like learn, like when you're working out and uh, you feel great. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you, you got to learn how the discipline of walking away, you know, uh, go, go and like, we'll blow that the whole day ahead of you out of the water. Just go have fun and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Don't 
just because you come into the gym and it's like you go in there, it's like, man, I did this workout. It's like, I'm a, I feel great. You know, I was just supposed to do like three sets of four on my squats. And it's like, man, I'm feeling awesome. It's like, I'm going to go for like six sets of whatever and add some more weight on top of that. And then yeah. I'm like dead at the end. It's like yeah, I, I would have walked away. Yeah, if, if you're if you're winning pretty well at the yeah. table, uh, walk yeah, away from exactly. it. Exactly. If you keep gambling, you're, you know, you're, you're gonna, gonna lose, lose everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty Those much. Those casinos it. are in there to win, and that's how it is in the gym, man. That yeah, that's that's how it is. Uh, so, what we wanted to mostly discuss today uh, is something that I talk a lot with my clients, um, and this is the auto regulation uh, rate of perceived exertion. You can also look at reps in reserve for a given set. And I wanted to kind of reflect on uh, the purposes of this inner programming and the context uh, for individuals that are utilizing um, an exertion scale. So RPE is rate of perceived exertion. And the best way to describe it is on a basis of 1 to 10, one being super easy, 10 being maximal effort. You're going to die if you do uh, one more pound or another rep. Um, how difficult was the set or the exercise? Or you can even look at the overall workout in general. <clears throat> how hard, basically just how hard it is, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, reps in reserve you can look at is how many more reps could you have done for that set? Um, and it, you know, there's a, there's a relationship towards them. You know, if, if you have a RPE of seven or eight, uh, usually your reps in reserve would be around one or two RPE of nine. You wouldn't really have any reps in reserve, but it could feel like you would do like another five, 10 pounds for that load. Um, and you know, whenever I ask that question, a lot of times I'll get a lot of verbal feedback. Mm -hmm which is totally fine because I have the ability to interpret what they're actually saying yeah. and to be able to give a number. Um, but for other individuals, like it's, uh, you know, it's a little, it, it, it becomes like an intuitive process. So going back a little bit, I, when I first started working out, I always viewed my exercises, um, as a leveling up process. So week to week, I would pick a particular load and I would just work up in reps each mm -hmm. week. But I would intuitively know that if I went all out on the first set, um, then I'm going to be totally spent right. on the other sets. So what I started doing was I would leave a couple reps in the tank for the first sets and then once I would reach towards my end of the sets, I would go a little towards an all out, right? Uh, either by pushing a few more reps, but I would, you know, again, I would already kind of know in the back of my head that if I went all out, you know, again, I'm assessing my risk, like I could injure myself, um, you know, or I could impose so much stress that the next workout will be even harder, especially if I'm trying to slowly level up. Right. Uh, and so I would leave reps in the tank and what this does is it allows me to make a slow progress um while not exerting myself more than i need to uh for from workout to workout uh but another another thing too to note is even though it gets kind of 
it gets kind of uh, complex here because in one sense, RPE is important for making a subjective uh, turn into more an objective approach. Mm -hmm. But in another sense, we don't want to get too caught up in the RPE itself. We want to look at the actual numbers that we're lifting and then see why it is those things are so difficult or um, if they're really difficult, what kind of changes do we need to make for the next workout? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, if, if I were to give an example, say week one, you know, was great. RPE was good. Volume was good. Week two, RPE was uh, great. The volume was up a little bit. The weight was the same. Uh, but then week three, I tried to up the volume by a couple more reps or something, and then the RPE just starts skyrocketing, right? right. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of factors to look at here. One is the recovery. So am I, am I giving myself enough time? Am I giving enough sleep and nutrition? Am I uh, resting between sets appropriately? Did I warm up appropriately? What were my stress levels right. outside of the gym? Uh, but the the other things, too, to kind of look at is, you know, do I need to try to adjust the volume or should I try to go, like, should I try to go down in volume and maybe reset with a higher load? Um, do I need to take a deload for that week? Um you know, all those sorts of things, all those sorts of things matter. Uh, and so if I were to just completely ignore the RPE and I keep trying to push harder and harder, well, then there's going to be a, a point where my performance is just going to start declining and it's going to get worse and worse. Um, but on the other hand, if I take RPE to heart too much without actually looking at the loads and volume that I'm doing, right? well, then I'm just basically going off of my feelings for the day. Right. And that's kind of what we were talking about before. Like if you're feeling really good and you just start going balls to the wall. Right. You know, <clears throat> chances are you're going to feel like complete garbage the next time you do your session. And you're going to end up in a roller coaster ride on your training programs. And you're not going to you're not going to reach anything right. because you're just going off of your feelings for the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, so on the same hand that if things feel really good. Um, to just not go balls to the wall, but stick to the program, stick to what's on your list. If you feel really bad, you still want to train hard, right? And just take 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 note of how difficult the workout was for the next workout. Right. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of times um, people will end up in this all or nothing approach. Things feel you know, really easy. And so they're going to want to like up the weight or up the loads or weight and loads, same thing. They want to up the weight or up the volume uh, and just push really, really hard. And then the next workout, they just feel like shit and everything's difficult. And then they end up super frustrated. Right. Um, you, You know, and, and the thing that I would look at is RPE is trying to reflect off of that for the next workouts. Um, to make a steady progress, but not right. not solely gauged on the if that makes sense, not being solely gauged engaged with that RPE um, for the whole day. Just it's just another measurement of data, right? Right. Yeah. And so it, it just provides feedback in the entire program itself. Like if it's consistently on week five, where everything just starts to go to trash, right? 
then you can kind of look at it and say, well, maybe we should start having deloads on that fifth week or on that fourth week yeah. or whatever. But if you're having it to where, like, you know, the third week you feel like crap and so you just completely knock everything off or change programs or whatever, and then, you know, you start over on a, the first week of a new program and then everything feels too easy and good. Yeah. And you, you just start fucking, you know, throwing everything back into the mix. Right. Well then what are you really doing? You're just kind of going off of your feelings yep. instead of, you know, creating those subjective measurements into a bigger plan structure. Yeah. Um, I, I think what I, what I've seen a lot is, is with the RPEs is that a big example and we'll stick to one number for right now. Uh, just to simplify it a little bit to where it's makes sense in a way. I know I talk a lot and mumble and gibberish and stuff, but, you know, eventually my message is in there. So let's just say that uh, for a workout that this week is a RPE of eight on, let's just say, on your squad bench, whatever. And then, uh, you know, you feel great and you get an RPE eight, on your bench, and then next week, the RP is an eight again. People tend to want to stick to the same weight that they did last week because that was their RP eight. And normally, RP eight is to where you would normally be able to do two more reps on your scale, correct? So it's not about the weight always. It's like you brought a point about factors outside of the gym to where one day you can come in and do an RP8 at a certain load. And then the next day you would come in and your RP8 is not going to be the same simply because you either feel crappy or you feel energized or whatever. So your RP8 is going to be way different than yesterday's simply because of how you feel on that day. So if you did like maybe 285 on squats, that was the RP8. And then you come in next week and we're shooting for RP8 again. Some of you might hit like uh, 295 and it felt great, you know. And some of you might have a shitty day, shitty week of work and whatnot. You come in tired, not enough rest and whatnot, your RPE 8 is probably going to feel like at a 255. But that's what the RPE is for. It's like for you to like, but you have to look at the numbers, keep track of those loads too, because it's all about progression. Because if if you keep lowering that RPE 8, the load keeps going down, then we're going backwards. Uh, or if our RP, we maintain it to where, okay, well, I'm doing RP8. I did uh, 275. All right, I'll do 275 again. And I'm stuck at that. That it's RP8, it's not tied to any load or volume. It's just how you feel to where if I can do 315 RP8 and I could have done more, but it only calls for RP8, then that's where I stop. And then made record of that so let's just say we have four sets also uh to put into a workout of a a squat 
if RP8 is at 315 for me, the first set. Now I did, let's, let's backtrack a little bit to where I did warm up to that 315 RP8. And you got to use the RPA levels or scale in order to warm up towards that number. And then once you're there to where it's like, okay, um, I did my first set to where I could probably do two more reps at this load. And that's my RPA and that's my first set. I might be able to handle the second set at that same load, but my third one might get a little harder. And if I push it, now I'm at an RP9. So I got to change something right there to where I got to bring the load down. (coughs) Does that mean that I'm working less harder? No, I'm supposed to be at an RP8, you know. Uh, So I got to do a load to where I know I can do at least squeeze two more reps out of it. And if it means to me for to break it down to like instead of 315 to go down to 285 or 290, then that's where I need to be. Uh, I'm still pushing my body to work harder because I'm pushing through that stress, that stimulus that I'm presenting to the body at that point of the workout. You know, then the fourth set, I might have to go down to 285, but I'm still at that 280 uh, RPE 8. So there is a little progression there simply because I'm pushing my body at a level of RPE 8. So if you understand... The load might have gone down, but the stress levels went up. And and that's the whole idea is, is to keep that stimulus up at a high. Um, if, if you get stuck at 315 and you're pushing through all that because your first set was at RP8, then your last set is probably going to be max of an RP, you know? Yeah, that, the first part was a really, really good point in which if you get too caught up in the RPE and not the loads that you're actually doing, then you're really missing the point of the progress. Right. Like when you're in here training, you're training. And so in doing so, we have to make a continuum to where you're increasing your progress, increasing the loads or increasing the volume. And the RPE... It's just a measure of reflection of how difficult the pro- progress and programming is. So if you, like you were saying, if you're doing 275 at RPE 8, and then all of a sudden you start trailing backwards yeah. with the same RPE, you're putting the cart before the horse and measuring your RPE levels as opposed to the load. Right. What... uh and this is one of the things I like to do in my programming is start to have a top set and back offsets. Yeah. And in that scenario, the goal of the top set is not to have an RPE, but rather reflect on the load with an RPE. So if I give a specific load, I would then give a rep range, whether mm-hmm. it's three to five, one to three, yeah. five to eight. Uh, and then... I would get a reflective feedback of RPE or reps in reserve, and then that'll signal how the next week's progress should be for that load. If we should stay exactly there or move up another 5, 10 pounds right. and then keep, just keep reanalyzing that progress rather than just saying, all right, well, we're just going to work up to a top set of RPE 8 
Right. You know, because then it could start back trailing. Yeah. You know, the where uh-huh. well, you know, two seventy five felt great last week, but I didn't really mention how hard I you know <laughs> pushed it, and then the the next week, well, like it just felt ho- totally bad. You know, and yeah. so I backed it off to two forty five or whatever, and then the week after I went down to two twenty five, yeah. and uh, you know you're you're really going backwards there, yeah. but on the flip side, on back offsets, you then would have a, you know, a, a standardized type of load, but it would be very more reflective towards the RPE. Yes, or you may even do a capped RPE on the sets. So instead of giving a rep range, you could give a set range, right? So like three to five sets, top yeah. at five sets, and then have a cap of RPE eight, right? With a certain uh, range of loads, right? To try to work around. And the last point you made was pretty good. Is the uh, as you do each successive set, the RPE is going to naturally go higher. Because right. you've already fatigued yourself from the previous sets. doesn't matter if you rested three to five to ten minutes. Right. You've performed that exercise. You've induced stress for that workout. You're going to have fatigue there, especially if you're cranking out, uh, you know, high, high, uh, high volume with those loads mm-hmm. and the RPE being around eight. I mean, you're, that's pushing right. some load. And so what I like to do is actually think of the back offsets on that first one should probably be around an RPE of six or seven. And then as you're ramping the same successive sets, then it kind of creeps up to that eight or nine, and then it's capped off from there. <coughs> so if you set like an RPE cap of eight, um, that doesn't mean that you have to train at the RPE of eight. Right. You can be a little bit lower, and then it just gets more fatiguing as you go, and that allows a little bit more volume in the long haul. Yeah. So that that's yeah. just how I how I uh, try to utilize RPE in, in the programming. Right, and 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 again, I know that there's a little confusion that happens too. It's like when we talk on the scale of an RPE, the numbers don't mean reps. It, it's just how many, mm-hmm. you know. Because like, oh, RPE eight, so I got to do eight reps, yeah. and I could have done ten. Is that what you're talking about? In a way, yes, but it's not. We're not talking reps. Yeah. That, the RPE. Yeah. And that's very interesting, too, with the rep ranges. Yeah. So I have two sets of people. You got the crowd that does the minimum. Yeah. And the crowd that'll do the absolute maximum, even if it just obliterates their body. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, got to be careful with that a little bit because, like, they'll, I'll put like 10 to 15 reps, and that's a big range. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'll see, you know, some people they'll go for the 15 and then I'll ask them, well, how hard was that? I was like, oh, that was like maximum. I thought I was going to die. It's like, well, you know, I gave you 10 to 15. Right. You probably meet somewhere in the middle. You don't have to. Have, like, even in my own programming, I hardly ever get that maximal 15. Right. I'll probably just go to like 12, maybe even 14 reps yeah. before I call it in. Um, as long as I'm sustaining that progress from the previous week, that's all that really matters. Right. And just keeping that going. Um, so yeah, all, all these are just sort of reflective measures instead of, uh, you know, 
utilizing it as a as the means to your progress. Yeah, and and it, it all has to be based on you know good judgment too. Uh, you you gotta kind of know like where you're at. Is like really be honest with yourself when you're using the RPE scale, uh, simply because it's kind of hard to gauge. To where, ah, man, I'm gonna call it an eight, but I could have done four more. It just felt heavy today. Well, if you could have done four more, then that scales a lot, you know, lower in there. So you you gotta use your best judgment, uh, you know. So it, it the when you're using the RPE scale, and you have a trainer who's doing your programming, it's gonna whatever you, information you give him. It's going to reflect back off your feedback, you know, that because he's got to like try to adjust your numbers uh, for the next workout, you know, and he's going to have to make the decision of are we going to stay there? Are we going to change something, the volume? Uh, you know, it's, it just depends on what kind of information you give him back. And, and try not to cheat yourselves either when you do RPE 8. So if I got somebody working with an RPE, scale and it's like oh man if it sucks today i'm just gonna give him some lighter numbers or heavier numbers that so he can like lighten my load for next week for next week i mean that you're just cheating yourself but at the same time we kind of we kind of know mm-hmm. <laughs> we know so and and if you don't want us coming asking questions you know <laughs> then just be honest you know another thing too is uh you can just record yourself so you know, not only uh, can you give yourself, you know, an RPE, like if it feels heavy or light, but just look at the bar velocity. Yeah. So if the bar is actually moving slow or you're actually losing a little technique or balance, um, then you have more measures to make a justified stance on how difficult the set is. Um, you know, and that, like if someone's doing a set of 10 on deadlifts someone's starting out never done deadlifts before yeah and they're doing 55 pounds right so that's not really a lot and i can just see the bar just whipping straight up and down uh and and then they kill they tell me it was maximal effort it wasn't maximal effort you don't at that point they don't really know what maximal effort is uh so with rpe and reps and reserve um I like to teach it early mm-hmm. so they can at least understand the concepts, yeah. but I, I take it with a little bit more grain of salt yeah. um, rather than someone that's a little bit more advanced. Yeah. So if someone that's been training for a few years um, or they're really, they're really pushing themselves and I can actually see the bar velocity change. Yeah. Um, they're taking their training a little bit uh, more methodical approach to it. Um, then I, I take that measurement as a little bit of a stronger objective uh, stance yeah, absolutely, cause they, than they those understand. that start out and they, yep. they just have no clue of what heavy really feels like. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at the same token, uh, beginners, they don't need to have such a high stress because yeah. they've never exercised before. Mm-hmm. Like it may feel like it's very hard to yeah. them, but in reality, like it... it it just doesn't really even matter as much. Yeah. Like even if the bar was moving fast, the fact that they'd never even done the exercise, they're probably going to feel a little sore. Yeah. I'm probably not going to load 
crank out a bunch of weight just starting out on them until the bar slows down dramatically and they're breaking down and stuff. And um, so for those reasons, I, I don't really take into account RPE as much, even though right. I explain it to them yeah. so they can kind of get a general concept. Yeah, um, yeah you're yeah. right. And, and kind of like I wouldn't approach the, the beginners with that either. I probably have the more moderate, more advanced lifters with giving them RPE, which they, by that time they kind of understand, you know, the concept of RPE. Uh, beginners, I, I tend to just start them with a linear progression program, mm-hmm. you know, uh, simply because they're getting familiar with their body, technique, uh, you know, all the factors that come in uh, when they're starting out. And, um, you know, I'll just load them like maybe I'll add five pounds next time uh-huh. and, and keep going from there. And until they're a little bit more advanced and they're familiar to recognizing how their be- body feels and, like you say, you know, how strong they are. And yeah, and you a can a little bit towards failure. Yeah, yeah, you can visibly see when the the bar starts to slow down, yeah. or their technique starts to fumble or change a little yeah. bit. And you have to start once you have to start giving them specific cues to think about. Um, then those those kind of discussions of uh, RPE can be become a little bit uh, yeah. better into play. And then also using rep ranges. So if if they're towards the ender spec uh the lower spectrum of the rep ranges you know the bar's moving slower the rp is actually at an eight or nine um you know and you can visibly see like they're having to use specific cues to think about to to get the bar moving yeah. um then then that's when you take rpe into a, a, a stronger yeah. a stronger uh judgment call um but like we were saying before like if if the RP is super high or super low, but all the other factors are still in the play, that it, it, it makes a stronger a stronger case to not really look at the RPE as much, yeah. um, because it's more of like just how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could tell you uh, a little bit difference between because I work a lot with percentages, um, and I could because when you work with percentages, you're working with a set load set volume, and you either do it or you don't. Uh, and I've, I've come in to where it's like, man, this this sucks today, you know, and it's like I barely made it through the, to where it is like, okay, my 70% today for some reason felt like a RP 10, <laughs> you know, and it's like yeah, I just had a shitty day, and I'm not going to get through my whole workout like that. So that would be, in that case, then you would come in and work out and using a RPE scale, uh, you know, and, and shoot for a number to where it's like, okay, well, this is at 70%. You got to determine whether you're going to work at an RP7, RP8, whatever, and, and go from there. Uh, but there's not a reason to not work out that day. Uh, if it feels like shit, whatever, then you still got to work out uh, and use the RPE scale to actually put in a little bit of effort, whether you should feel like shit or not. Uh, work work towards you know uh, the the scale by using the scale. You're you're not falling behind at all. So you, yeah, 
the the last bit of advice that I would give um, for RPEs uh, for those that are utilizing their top set back offsets, uh, one of the strategies I like to use is having an RPE of their top set um, just to reflect on, and then based off of that, uh, give their back offsets um, around a seventy percent of whatever their max is for that day. Mm-hmm. So you can readjust to where, like, let's say your max for that day was 275. You had to do, perform a single, and the RPE was around a 9. Well, what you can do there is figure out and calculate what your one rep max is for that day, given that RPE, and then re-go into around 70%, and then you have your back-off loads right there. And then you can even take it a step further where you're doing as many sets of five as you can handle with a capped RPE of eight. Mm -hmm. And once it gets to that feeling to where you can only muster up one more rep for that last set, then you're done with your back off sets. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good approach. Um, and then you're that, that way you're able to auto regulate each workout week to week and then just slowly track your progress from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Arsamon here signing us out of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please like, comment, and share if you did. And check out our website, HoustonAthleticClub.net, for all of our products and services. We'll see you guys next time.